Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. We've got our roundtable edition of the show looking ahead to Auburn's game on Saturday back inside Jordan-Hare Stadium, finishing out the non-conference schedule with Georgia State, 3 p.m. Central Time on SEC Network. Got Mark Murphy, Jason Caldwell, and Philip Marshall here to talk about the game, which we figure Auburn's like a 24-point favorite right now. We figure they're going to cruise on out of here and then move into league play. But, you know, also we've got to talk about some things that we learned about this team. Uh, You know, Jason and I talked about the game um, after they lost to Penn State, but, you know, a little bit more time to let things marinate. And, you know, you learn a lot about a team when they play a team like uh, like Penn State. And we really didn't know that much about Auburn. So we'll learn a little bit more on Saturday. But really, um, we were talking about before the show, you know, it'll be fun to for the entire rest of the year. Start talking about good games every single Saturday, because really the schedule um, doesn't let up. But. Mark, there's a couple things, you know, people are going to have their eye on. Again, you know, a lot of people didn't think they'd win that Penn State game. And of course, if you're going to lose a game, you're going to have problems. So really no surprise that Auburn's got some issues they need to work out right now. But two of them, maybe the biggest issues, they kind of go hand in hand. We've been talking like we've been writing and talking about them all week. Um, But the pass rush couldn't really do much against Penn State. And that led to the pass defense kind of being left out to dry. Um, which one of those do you think Auburn needs to be focused on the most this week to get fixed before they go to LSU? I don't know. They're going to get much of a chance to do that because I think Georgia state's going to come out and run the option. And uh, I don't think they're going to throw the ball very much quarterback threw it 12 times last week and completed six passes. And, um, you know, I think the most dangerous thing that uh, Georgia state will do is like, try to get the safeties up to the line of scrimmage and lull them to sleep and then throw some deep balls and try to score that way. But, uh, boy, you're right as, as far as the um, pass defense. That, that was a real issue. And, uh, you know, just watching the coverage there at the game Saturday night, they were just giving way too much cushion to Penn State's receivers. And then, uh, you know, compounded by not getting to the quarterback. And a lot of times they were just rushing three guys. And Penn State had a lot of max protection in there at times. They also, the SEC officiating crew, to be honest with you, let the offensive linemen get away with some holding at times, tackling at times. And, uh, but still, you know, you've got to be better. You got to figure a way to get to the uh, quarterback, whether it's corner blitzes, safety blitzes, linebacker blitzes. And about the only blitzes I saw were run blitzes, and they were fairly effective at times, but, uh, uh, they, they've got to get better because they're going to be seeing better athletes as far as receivers when they get into SEC play and better quarterbacks too. Philip, you had a really good grasp of, you know, Kevin Steele's defenses when he was here for five seasons. You know, it's a little different and they had to make that adjustment. Um, I think there's a lot being made right now of, you know, man versus zone and what they are and aren't playing right now. Um, but I think the reality is that football players practice all of the stuff you need to practice. Um, it's not like, you know, running, running man would be a completely foreign concept, but you know, just what do you think this defense has got to improve on in terms of um, you know, what you saw from that, from that past defense? One thing I know is that you're not going to see that Kevin Steele will, will most champ play press man, not 80% of the time. That ain't happening. That is not, that is not what, uh, what Derek Mason does. It's not what he's ever done. And, uh, 
I do think it's fair to point out because I counted this up, up play by play. 16 of their passes were either incomplete or five yards of this. That's not what beat Auburn. What beat Auburn was bowling coverages on tight ends. That, to me, that was the biggest difference in the game. And that's got nothing to do with, with whether you're playing press man or whatever. That's just not somebody not doing what they're supposed to do. And uh, uh, as far as the pass runners, that's got to get better. That's for sure. And uh, uh, it's hard to really figure out why it was as unsuccessful as it was. I mean, they don't have an all-American edge rusher. But, I mean, Mason has said over and over during, uh, up to this point about that they had a bunch of good ones. Well, but none of them got there uh, or even got any pressure on them. But, of course, you know, Penn State didn't get much either. And, uh, and I think part of it goes back to what Mark was saying. If the players figure out you're not going to call Hoagland, they're going to do it. You can count on it. And, uh, and who can blame them? Uh, and, I, you know, I'm sure if you went back and looked at Auburn's offense, you'd probably, you'd probably see a lot of holes on pass protection then, too. So I think that uh, defensively, I think they're going to be fine. But I think people are going to have to get accustomed to the Derek Mason scheme and the Will Muschamp slash Kevin Steele scheme are just quite different, and they're going to be different. Were you surprised, Philip? I mean, it's so early in the season. I don't know if you you know go away from your base stuff so quickly. Were you surprised at, at kind of the lack of adjustments that were made, or, or at least the fact that Derek Mason seemed like he just was deploying the same defensive fronts even, even in the second half of the game? I didn't really notice the defensive fronts, and I don't know. You know, I, I try not to guess. Are, are there a lot of adjustments that can be made that you don't necessarily know? But uh, it, it's blitz and sounds good, but it takes somebody out of pass coverage too when you do that. So I think that, the uh, like I said, to me, the biggest problem was the long passes to the Tigers. Those had nothing to do with whether you're playing zone or, or man. But no, I, I was not going to. I was not expecting to see much, much man, man defense, and I don't expect to see much this Saturday or next. I can't just let them run down the middle of the field and be wide open. That's obvious. And it, you know, I just think a lot of things didn't go off his way. The, the, I mean, the the fumble first play of the third quarter was really. It's. I don't want to call it a fluke. He dropped the ball, but I mean, nobody calls him to drop the ball. It wasn't the play call wasn't the reason he dropped. Otherwise, he might have been in the red zone on that play. So a lot of things went against them. Tough, tough environment. I picked Auburn to win, but I almost didn't. So I wasn't particularly surprised that they didn't win the game. Uh, his state's good. Their receivers are really good. Their secondary is really good. What's going to be interesting to me Saturday is you, you, you're probably going to start the game without, without uh, Papo or, uh, and for sure, without Zacoby McLean for the first half. And against the team that runs the option, yeah, they've, so they're right now per carry the number one rushing defense in the country. Again, you know, until the season kind of fleshes out a little more, you've still got the you're still buoyed by those first two games. But um, even against Penn State, Penn State was only two point seven yards per carry. So you think that would be you know kind of their strength? But we we'll, you know obviously we'll see what happens. I think it is their strength. And when I say struggle some with it, I don't mean I think Georgia State's going to just run down the field. That's totally. A team that runs the option all the time is something that most SEC teams just don't see. It's all about keeping your eyes where they're supposed to be and, and 
not losing your, your gap or whatever. And it's hard. It's hard. And uh, especially when you don't see it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have some success. Was Georgia Georgia Southern, is that the last option team? Yeah, yeah, space? but the, yeah, I, I want people to get the wrong impression. This isn't this isn't gonna be it's not a triple this option. is an army. Right. Yeah, this is no, an army. Right. Yeah, this is gonna be a team that's gonna be in the shotgun. Um they'll run shot. It, it's gonna look offensively similar to to Gus Miles on twenty thirteen kind of Nick Marshall stuff where they might run some zone read. Um, maybe uh, maybe run a, a pitch, kind of some of that stuff like that, and and then hey, what they'll do take shots down the field, um, and that's that's where the secondary. Um, but just just a quick quick note, um, this this defense and completion percentage kind of stuff is it just isn't just happening now. You know what Auburn was last year in, in pass completion percentage defense, 99th in the country. Yeah, I know. It's not like they were great on passing. Yeah, and they, they, they and, had and they had issues getting to the quarterback last year. It, yeah, it is. So it, it's kind of a carryover, and and then you throw in the fact that you change defensive schemes a little bit. I, I think I think you know we heard you know Kobe wouldn't talk about it. I I think it was just a a sometimes it happens. Sometimes you have the wrong plan, um, and I thought the plan was one where they thought they could get home with three and four. Um, you know, second half. They didn't blitz, but they made some adjustments. And, you know, they only had 100, 129 yards in the second half, and 70-some of that was on one drive. So, they shorted it up some. But, yeah, it's uh, – you know, they'll get – you know, not this weekend, um, probably not as much of a test, but they'll uh, they'll get their share of it because LSU – LSU had 84 yards rushing against Western Michigan, 84. Oh. They're going, and they threw for 400. So you're going to see 50 passes uh, in two weeks. So uh, better, better strap it up and get ready for uh, for Baton Rouge in two weeks. Yeah, and that's something Jason, you and I talked about is that you know it's last or earlier this week. You know, it's it's important to look at the personnel Auburn has right now and, and realize that it's pretty similar um, from what they've had. You know, they return a lot of pieces from a defense that struggled in those two units. So not a, not a huge surprise to see that kind yeah, of convert I think, this I think, season. I think something too is is getting Jalen Simpson back. Would be yep. a big deal. He may be the best true cover guy on the team, um, and so getting him back would be helpful. You know, you've been Torrance was was maybe the best in the preseason and hadn't seen you know didn't see him two weeks ago. Didn't he hasn't played very much at all, and so that would be helpful. Something else they did in the second half. Some I think we'll see more of. We talked about this in the spring. You know, they moved Nehemiah Pritchett to the nickel in the spring. And then went back to playing more of that safety type guy at nickel to start this season. Nehemiah Pritchett was back at the nickel a little bit against Penn State. Um, maybe you decide, hey, we're going to put more true cover guys on the field uh, and roll with them. Uh, you know, I think there could be some experiment going on this week to see what it looks like. Yeah, Jason, I'll stay with you because you were on social media earlier today talking. Um, a little bit about the flip side of this Auburn's offense and their passing game. Um, you know, like Mark said, Bo Nix really wasn't bothered that much in this game. Um, I think 39 dropbacks was his total and wasn't sacked. Obviously, you know, there were a few times he, he felt a little bit of pressure, but even when looking at that pass attempt number, um, I think this is an offense that is going to be pretty balanced in these games because that pass attempt number is elevated a little bit. And we saw that last year 
too. People made this argument last year. Auburn had to go down so many attempting game-winning drives. You're going to pass the ball nine or ten times in the last couple uh, couple minutes of the game. But you know, just what are you looking for out of Auburn's offense in this in this game against Georgia State before they get into SEC play? I think this is where we learn about Brian Harson a little bit. Um, we've seen this in the past. No matter what, if this was a Gus Malzahn coach team, they come out, they run the ball 45, 50 times, um, do just enough to do what they need to do, and that'd be it. If you're Brian Harson and this is a new offense, and I, I would think that you would to need to figure out who your playmakers are outside of wide receiver. Now, you're still going to run the ball because that's who you are as an offense, but I don't think you can come in and just kind of shut it down and, and try to get to LSU – they need work. And, you know, um, you know, I think Javarius Johnson, this passing game has not looked the same without him the last two weeks as it did in week one. Now, you know, Akron, but, you know, um, I think he's a guy that's a really important part of the things for this team. But, you know, to me, you got to figure out somebody. I thought Kobe Hudson stepped up in a big way in the second half against Penn State. I think, I think that was a big deal. If I'm Auburn, I'm telling him this week, look, we're coming back to you. We're going to do this some more and see what it's like. Um, see if you can make him more of a feature guy. But got to find somebody. Is it Elijah Canyon? Is it Xavier Capers? Is it Tavares Dawson? Somebody else you got to find to go get the ball. Um, I didn't think anybody other than Kobe Hudson and, and Schenker, John Samuel Schenker, I don't think anybody else went and got the ball Saturday night. That was the thing that was probably most concerning to me. And, um, you know, I think that's what you got to find, and uh, we'll see if that's if that's what they decide to do. But I think that would be the plan of action if somebody asked me anyway. Mark, have you been surprised that they haven't churned around that receiver rotation a little bit um, this season and tried out more snaps, or do you just think you know it's a matter of of the experienced guys are getting in there, and, and that might be something we see this weekend? Although Brian Harson said this week, you know, they're evaluating that all the time. I think they're just a little bit more under the microscope right now after they, you know, like like Jason said, there weren't a bunch of playmakers against Penn State. Yeah, I think a couple of the guys they were really counting on have missed for health reasons early in the season, like Dawson, the true freshman, uh, a guy that looked really good in the preseason, and then Javarius Johnson, who was the star receiver in spring practice. So, uh, you know, they need to have some guys who, uh, like Jason said, go get the ball, and then make somebody miss, turn a 10-yard play into a 15 or 20 or 25-yard play. And uh, that's when you become a lot more dangerous as an offense. And, uh, yeah, they definitely need to do better hitting some of those really deep balls. And uh, surprised they haven't done better at that. Maybe Malcolm Johnson with his speed is a guy who can do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, one thing I'm going to be watching this week, Nathan, with the offense is uh, – Sean Shivers is back. You know, what's his role? Is he the number two uh, tailback now? Um, it's a good question because Chuck uh, Hunter, I mean, he's putting on a show. So it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, Philip, that's the answer. If you won't see, you won't see uh, uh, Sean involved in the passing game a good bit more. Uh, yeah. Because, look, you can't. Jock uh, Reyes has earned his carries. Now, there's going to probably be enough carries for both of them Saturday because they'll, I, I suspect it'll be like it was the first two games. Uh, Tank will get 11 or 12 carries, and that'll be it. Uh, but one thing Harson has show, did show in the first two games 
you're talking about what Gus would have done. You're right. He would come out and he would he, he would have run the ball and they'd have been ahead twenty four to nothing at the half and then he'd have shut it down pretty much. Uh Harson didn't shut it down the first two games. And I, and he shouldn't shut it down this game. Because there are things they need to improve on. I you know, I, I think it's pretty easy to forget that was the first the first game of, of any consequence Saturday against uh in a, in with everything new. New defense, new offense, everything new. I, it really probably shouldn't be a surprise that they had, you know, they, they, there were some, if you want to call it growing pains, growing pains. And uh, uh, I don't guess we'll ever know what all the options were on the goal line on the fourth down. That was obviously a big moment in the game. I, you know, the, the when you really look at the play on the first play of the third quarter, he was going to run a long way. And he's really fast. He might have gone all the way. Uh, and instead, they scored. I mean, that's really pretty, pretty at least at least probably a ten point swing and maybe a fourteen point swing right there. Yeah, especially when you consider that you know Auburn gets the ball on the next drive and immediately and drives it right, right down, down the field. Down the um, yeah. You would think that was kind of the plan from the get go. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. a huge moment. But you're you're right, Phil. I, you know, we've talked about the the negative side of things. There are lots of positives for for Auburn considering it was the third game and the environment they played in, um, the things they did. On both sides of the ball. I mean, you know, stopping the run, um, making some adjustments, playing better in the second half for the most part. Uh, they got stops when they needed to, a couple of, you know, fourth and one stops, uh, big plays in the game. Then offensively, hey, Tank, Jarquez Hunter, the running game at offensive line. Um, we've talked about the potential for those guys. Um, they stepped up and played well. I thought it was, I thought, yeah, I talked to, to Ben Leard, I talked to a couple other guys, the former players that were there that said that was the most control, in control, that they've seen Bo Nix in an environment like that. I've talked to a lot of people who, who said the same thing. Uh, uh, one thing they have obviously done, they've gotten him out of uh, running out of running out of there at the first moment. Uh, and you know what? And part of that, too, is is when you have other options, you know, you have a you have the the ability to check down to Shanker right. or to running backs. Shanker, yeah. That you know, when there's no other options and your your guy's done and there's pressure, that's ain't nowhere else to go. Um, and so I think that's been a big deal. But you think it was a much better performance from him, and I think it's something they could build on. Jason, yeah, one thing it really got my attention to uh, is after Penn State's first touchdown, Auburn immediately came back, had a 75 yard drive, 11 plays. And uh, that showed me that uh, they had some mental toughness because the crowd was really getting into the game at that point. And then after the turnover that Philip talked about to start the third quarter, which was absolutely huge, they came back and put together a 75-yard, 15-play drive, kept the ball for over seven minutes. So, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing as a head coach you probably want to see on the road, seeing your guys show some mental toughness. I think Jason, I remember last year and, and Mark as well, because you guys were you guys were at the game. Me and Philip were not. Um, I think there I can't remember what it was, but they played Mississippi State and there was something on the TV that was I could not understand about the way Bo Nix was doing something. From when you were there, what is with just from my perspective watching the TV, and I think I saw a lot of other Auburn fans talking about this. What is with the moonshot throws? from Bo. They look really awkward on the TV, but y'all were there in person. It seems like they, they're they a little bit too vertical 
And by the time the ball comes down, the, the defender is already there. Just kind of, I mean, what did you see on those, on those throws? There were two or three of them where the ball was just like 40 yards in the air, stayed up in the air, almost like a punt. Yeah. Well, the, the funny thing is it, it's kind of, it's kind of like I've heard smaller fans talk about, Hey, just need to run the ball more. Well, that's what you want. You got rid of Gus miles on because you said he ran it too much. It's the same thing for for two years. People have said Bo needs to get more air under the ball because his deep balls were overthrown. Well, now he's backed off of that and given yeah. his guys a chance. And a couple of those were thrown, I think, for a reason. One of them, you know, people talked about a throw to um, Demetrius Robertson. He he loses the ball in lights because he he was covered and Bo threw him open to try to, to give him a chance to find the ball and he couldn't find it. So, you know, I think like the one to Kobe Hudson. Um, you give your guys a chance to make plays. Uh, you got to be more accurate on some of those, but I think some of them are by design to give his guys a chance to make a play. And, uh, you know, because like I said, for, for two years, people said, hey, you got to get more air under it. Uh, got to give these guys a chance. Um, and now he's doing that more. Um, and, you know, I think he's trying to do it to, to and, and try to keep it away from defenders at the same time. On the Robertson play, I was actually watching him going down the field and, uh, uh, the cornerback, I guess it was a cornerback, did a really good job sort of grabbing him and knocking him off stride. And then he looked back to try to find the ball, and it was obvious he never saw where it was going. And Jason's right. It looked like the quarterback was trying to throw him open on that play, and uh, he just got knocked completely off stride. And I think so, – you know, And then he looked the wrong way. He looked the wrong way. He yeah, looked, yeah, looked he on the wrong shoulder. He looked inside shoulder and then- – and it was to the outside. Yes. And I think Phil tried though earlier. Um, I think a lot of this is three games into an offense and a completely different offense for everybody, but probably Demetrius Robertson. For everybody else on this roster, they've played, you know, pretty basic, you know, routes for wide receivers. Now they're having to make checks, they're having to read defenses. And so there's going to be some timing issues, especially when when you play a I thought Penn State's secondary was the best part of their defense. I know people talk about their linebackers and their front. I thought the secondary was the best part of the defense. I thought they did a good job. Auburn did not get a whole lot of separation. Um, so now you got to figure out, okay, quarterback, wide receivers. If I'm covered, you know, I'm throwing the back shoulder fade. I'm doing those things. Um, and that's where you, know, you take a passing game from, you know, you know, 58% to 65% and have a couple of big plays. Um, and that's, you know, that kind of, you know, the other thing is too, that, that does that as well. You know, there are a couple of drops, a couple of drop balls that, that could have been and should have been caught. Uh, and that's, that's now two games in a row. There's Brian Harson said there was four of those against Alabama state. There were at least a couple that for sure, maybe potentially three. Those are, those are the differences between potentially 25, 30 yard gain, um, and scoring, you know, a scoring drive. And, uh, they, they had a big play. Like when uh when 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 Jackson stumbled, yeah, mm-hmm. and the yep. ball still That's ended up hitting him in the hands, but he was all out of kilter by then. Yeah, if he had just if he had not stumbled, that had a chance to be a big play. Yeah, and, and so I, uh, I think it's just a matter of you know kind of timing on this offense because the running game's there, the tight end, um, all those pieces are there. I think I think that that other passing game thing just finding somebody to to go make a couple of plays, and Kobe Hudson did that last week. If he backs it up again this week, then that would be maybe the, the best possible news for this offense. The other thing is, a lot of those receivers, I mean, 
Bo pretty much knew what, what Seth Williams and, and the Flash and uh, Eli Stone were going to do. And they re- knew pretty much what he was going to do. But now you got all these new guys, and you don't have that same familiarity. And plus running a new offense. And, you know, like you talk about, you got, they got to make reads. Well, sometimes they're not going to make the right one. And sometimes they're not going to be on the same page with the quarterback. You hope, you hope that over the course of the season, that gets more consistent. But it was never going to be a, a, a uh, smooth operation, the first, that first, first challenge. And let's face it, this was the first challenge they had. Yeah, like you said, uh, Jason, some of the things that were there, that offensive line, Mark, you talked about the response. Um, I thought that was huge, you know, them coming back with those two big drives. Um, the running game, people are talking about Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter as a really, really good one-two punch. I'm with Phillip. That'll be interesting to see how they how they reinsert Sean Shivers. All that to say that I think people took notice, hopefully, who actually watched the game. Even if you didn't watch the game, I think people looked on paper and watched, you know, the highlights or whatever and saw, okay, you know, Auburn hung with them and they were right there at the end of the game. Because people didn't really knock Auburn that much for this game. They only fell down um, one spot in the polls and I think hopefully that's because a lot of people realize there were a lot of positives from this game um, other than the things that obviously led Auburn to lose, but also Penn state played a good game to win as well. Um, so guys, we were talking before, you know, wanted to get in a little bit more because this isn't a huge game for Auburn on Saturday, um, you know, but we wanted to break down some of the things that we see with the team through three weeks and then kind of talk about the league at large because the sec right now is shaping up to be it's shaping up to be pretty interesting. Um, you know, there's, I don't, I don't think there's a maybe Alabama turns around and and starts just mowing people down. I think that's a huge possibility. Um, maybe Georgia figures things out offensively, but I don't think there's a clear cut killer at the top. Um, and one thing I know that definitely Philip and Jason agree on um, is that they're not completely sold on Ole Miss being the number thirteen um, team in the country right now. Um, Philip, just I mean, through three weeks, what are your thoughts on the SEC? It seems like it might be. Um, kind of one of the more wide open years in terms of the very top crust um, that we've seen in a while. Well, I think you got, you know, there's still so much to be determined. I mean, have, have we, it's, it's my opinion that people are jumping on Ole Miss too quick. Are they jumping off LSU too quick? I don't know. Uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, if LSU beats Mississippi State tomorrow and then beats Auburn next week, then they're going to be right back up there in the middle of it again. Uh, Auburn's schedule, they can win any game and they can lose any game. They do not have, after Saturday, they don't have another game where you say, well, they're going to win that. You might have thought before the season, uh, Arkansas, but that's obviously not the case. Uh, Mississippi State is just, you know, as long as Mike Leach is there, they're always going to be a threat to, to, to find the to a bunch of passes. And, and uh, for anybody in the West, that's the case. And Auburn's is exacerbated because they got their their regular East opponent is Georgia. You know, I would obviously still say Alabama and Georgia are the teams to beat, uh, but they they have both showed that they uh, that that they can be beat. And I mean, you know, Alabama at Florida after leading twenty one to three, the only reason they weren't in overtime is because of a missed extra point. Florida would have been going for two at the end of the game if they hadn't missed that extra point. And uh, speaking of calls, I mean, they did what everybody wanted Auburn to do. They had been running all over the place and and, uh, and handed it off on the, on the two-point conversion and made that a half yard. 
So uh, tried to uh, hand it off anyway. <laughs> I think I think the play they called is the is the other side of the spectrum of people don't think you should throw end zone fades anymore. I don't think you should do the. All right, I got a question to ask. Mesh for yes, four yards anymore. All right. James Franklin said that they he thought that you weren't allowed to line somebody up over the center on kicking downs. It was my impression that that's place kicking downs because a punt is not a punt until it's punted. I mean, any, you can run any, any play from a from punt formation. A, a kick is a completely different thing. you got a guy on his knee back there. I guess the only time in the game you can have a knee down and the ball would not be down. I, I didn't think that was – I didn't think there was any any cake line up over the center on punts. Am I wrong about that? Well, I think I, I think you can line up, but you can't hit him when his head's down. Yeah. That's what it is. It's about protecting the yeah. snapper. Well, that's not what Franklin said. Franklin said he, he said we're un, we don't understand that you can't put somebody on the center. Well, he on, he on. also he's also complaining about um, you know losing a down when his sideline had no idea that they were losing a down. They ran their punt team on the field, and and it was 20 seconds later before they realized, wait, it's still third down. Hold on, uh, and that was because the crowd was yelling. So, um, no, I, I don't know. But there was another uh, game, and I now forgotten who, which one it was, where the officials put the ball on the wrong 45 yard line. It's LSU. <laughs> yeah, they're having and a they great start to the season. One? Yeah, no, I I officials. That's all. I, that's what yeah, I. Yeah, there's. It's pretty wild, but no, uh, Nathan, you're, you're talking about the. The league, um, you know, it's a it's an interesting time. I, I I know a little bit more maybe than I did last week, but I still know less than than uh, than you do most years. This you know the last couple of years have been so wild. I, I don't know anything about Texas A and M yet because uh, you know people talk about oh the, you know they entered a bell against Colorado. Colorado had sixty four yards of total offense at home and got beat thirty to nothing by Minnesota last week. Um, well, I don't know. I just don't know about teams. Um, you know, Auburn, they've, they've been tested about as good as anybody. And so I think, uh, you know, that was a big deal for them. Is LSU going on the road to Mississippi State? LSU, again, they've had, they got 257 total rushing yards in three games. That would be a huge red flag for me for LSU that they've turned completely into an almost Mike Leach uh, team. Um, you know, and so I think there's there's plenty of questions left. I still think right now I would think Georgia would get my vote if I was voting for the best team in the country. But they also haven't played – you know, they did. They played Clemson. Um, they played them on a neutral site. Um, you know, I think it's a, a fun time. And, Mark, I know we've talked about it. We talked about it on our, our travels. Um, um, there's a whole lot of questions still left, uh, you know, that, that will be answered, uh, you know, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think uh, you're right about Texas A&M. I'm really a little puzzled, you know, on how good they're going to be. You know, Jimbo talked up his offensive line about all those pro prospects on it, and they haven't looked real good. You know, Kentucky's an interesting team, too. They're off to a good start. They changed their offense a lot to a lot more passing-oriented. I'm curious to see how those guys do. Tennessee still looks pretty bad to me. I think South Carolina's got a long way to go. Missouri – Looks really good on offense, really weak on defense. And I'm with you guys about Ole Miss. Uh, I'm not convinced that defense is back yet. Uh, they look like they're a little bit better, but 
until they play somebody that's got a pulse on offense. Um, I'm going to be uh, skeptical about the Rebels being a, such a highly ranked team. Was extremely fortunate to beat Chattanooga Saturday. They don't run. They don't get a pick six in the last five minutes of the game. They may not win. Yeah, I watched some of that uh, game as we were driving to the stadium on my uh, computer, and uh, I thought Chattanooga was going to win it. I really did. That's the same thing. You don't play. You don't play FCS teams. Play Bamfords. You, you don't get any credit. You don't get any credit for beating them, even if you play the best. You get a lot. It's not good when you don't beat them, or even come close to not beating. I would never schedule North Dakota State or somebody like that. I was about to say, I, I can't remember who it was, but it was you, Mark, after the first game. Don't schedule anybody with Dakota in the name. Just not a smart thing you to know, do. I think, I, I think, I think Jacksonville State would have to give Auburn a guarantee to get Auburn to play Jacksonville State again. Uh, after the 2015 game, which Jacksonville State not only could have won, but should have won. Yeah, that was my second ever Auburn game I went to. And uh, I was like, well, all right. If I uh, if I immerse myself into this program for a while, I guess this is uh, this is what it's going to kind of be like. But um, all right, y'all, well, we're up against uh, we're up against the clock here, so we'll kind of wrap things up. Appreciate everybody for listening um, to the roundtable today. We will get back. Me and Jason will um, after the Georgia State game. We'll have all kinds of coverage from that one. Um, also, got a player guest coming on the podcast tomorrow. If you're listening to this on Thursday morning, we'll have a player a special guest like we did last week with Jason Campbell. We'll have somebody else on Friday morning. So be looking forward to that. If you guys enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star review wherever you guys listen to your podcast. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You can find him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. And until the next episode, we will talk to you guys later. Everybody have a good end to the week.